0: hello everyone this is real specific i'm jake bland and i'm here with
1: hey i'm klaus
0: and this is the podcast where we pick a specific subgenre of movie and tear apart several examples of that subgenre today we're talking about the return of ringo 1965 directed by duccio Tessari. this action-packed spaghetti western features some outlandish characters a grandiose score And some extremely shoddy cinematography and editing. Well, let's get into this before I decide to quit. (laughs) Let's do it. I'm about to murder a bunch of Italian names, but today we're talking about The Return of Ringo 1965, directed by Duccio Tassari.
1: We'll go with that. I'm glad you said names after that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just like bt dubs <laughs> just, yeah we'll, we'll we'll go with that
0: uh starring giuliano gemma 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 i don't know g-e-m-m-a we'll go with that <laughs> these two did a couple of movies together with uh giuliano playing captain montgomery brown or ringo and all of them uh a pistol for ringo also 1965 and at least one more Ringo film, I believe. Klaus, I don't know about you. I didn't really care for this movie.
1: It was it was a movie. It was a movie. That, that's a great description. I like, <laughs> I like the second half a little better. Like when stuff th- starts to happen. I'm like, oh, that's what's going on. Okay, I understand this. Well, I, I
0: felt there was enough action throughout to like keep my eyes open, you know? Like, I wasn't falling asleep or anything during the first half, because there was some shooting and killing and stuff going on, but, I don't know. I didn't like the protagonist enough to give a shit.
1: Yeah, I I can feel that. And I think maybe it's because I didn't see the first movie. I didn't understand why until maybe halfway through the movie, like, what he was trying to do and how. Like, I was just not clear on it for a while. So... I got
0: curious. I've watched The Return of Ringo twice now. Um and I'll basically be watching it a third time to pull quotes from or to pull sound bites from later when I do editing. <laughs> but I got curious last night and I didn't have much to do, so I was like, "All right, let's watch A Pistol for Ringo, which was the first movie made with this guy and this director and we'll we'll see if it ties into The second one, or if I'm missing something from the first one, what the hell's going on? Um, no. All this, pretty much all of the same actors that are in The Return of Ringo are in A Pistol for Ringo, but everyone's playing a different character than who they are in the second one, except for our main character. (laughs) And I mean everyone. Like, Ringo's wife in The Return of Ringo... She's playing a woman who is engaged to the U.S. Marshal slash Sheriff of the town in A Pistol for Ringo. The, the, the second-in-command bad guy in The Return of Ringo is the main bad guy in A Pistol for Ringo, has a different name, and runs his
1: own gang of bandits. I feel banguitos. like we talked about this a little bit with The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. <laughs> This seems to be a theme like in some of these movies where they this isn't that uncommon. I don't know why someone thought it was a good idea because it seems really confusing to me.
0: <laughs> well, especially especially because like I don't know if it just started in the 60s or not the 60s but in the 70s, but when when you have a a series of movies, you don't want a similar or a same actor playing a different character within the series like that's a big no-no and i think that kind of started in the 70s and 80s like there are examples of course where people break that rule but generally speaking you don't see the people breaking it especially if it's a big series that a lot of people watch (laughs) yeah because it is confusing as fuck if you go back and watch a lot of the movies uh Like we said, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Lee Van Cleef was in, for a few dollars more, as a bounty hunter that teams up with Clint Eastwood's character. And then he shows up in the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly as Angel Eyes. Interesting tie-in, Return of Ringo. They call Ringo Angel Face? Did you notice that? No. They they don't do it as much in the Return of Ringo, but in A Pistol for Ringo, they call him Angel Face, Throughout the entire movie. And I i guess it's just a way to refer to gringos with blonde hair.
1: I, uh, I don't maybe. know. Yeah, that makes more sense. I was trying to figure out. So, like, sometimes in myths and, and our history, like you have these mythic figures like Ragnar Lothbrok and people like that. And sometimes people will argue or attribute these stories to the same person when really it's multiple people that are doing it and i thought it was something to do with that but i guess yeah blonde blonde white dude in the desert i guess makes sense
0: (laughs) and it, it also doesn't really make sense to me that these italian filmmakers i know they're doing american western movies is what they're trying to do but it's very interesting to me that they keep trying to do these blonde haired blue eyed guys as the
1: protagonist. It's very yeah, strange I got the same yeah, I got the same like uh weird feeling, just like why, what's happening, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. there's some fun parts of the movie though, like there's some cool imagery that I really liked,
0: Oh, uh, absolutely, so let in order to get to all that, let's just run through the plot of the return of Ringo really quickly. So we meet Ringo as he is getting back to his hometown. He has been off fighting for the Union in the Civil War. I believe the war is over now is what we're pretty much told and he is coming back home. Uh, Apparently hasn't been seen for something like nine years or ten years or something like that. And they even talk about it as if as if the war had ended a long while ago. Everyone else from the town that went off to war has come back, and he's he just never showed back up for whatever fucking reason. He finds out that his his home estate, which apparently by the way, Ringo's family just like ran fucking everything
1: around here. Just, I yeah, guess just loaded. Once you realize that house was his, you're just like, what?
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, it's not just a house. It's a fucking
1: mansion. And
0: on top of that, like, his father or somebody was a senator. One of his other family members was the judge, The like, the sheriff, apparently. Like, this entire area was just run by his family. (laughs) He comes home, finds out that pretty much all of his family that was there is dead, that his home... And his wife have been taken by these Mexicans who showed up. Said that this town was part of Mexico, and that it belonged to them. Now they're gonna run it. Gold strike. They come in. They say they're taking control of everything. Uh, pretty much anybody in the town who stands up to them, they just kill them outright. That's the end of that. Ringo decides. He's gonna stick around town, disguise himself as a Mexican man instead of a blonde-haired Union
1: soldier. As anyone would do in those circumstances. I mean, this is the f- first thing that pops in your head, really.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, brown face, totally okay, because it's not blackface, I guess.
1: <laughs> I guess. I mean...
0: <laughs> oh, God. I was...
1: <laughs> It was so weird when they show him, and he's like, he's not just a little blonde in the beginning of the movie. He's like platinum blonde.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they bleached the fuck out of his hair. (laughs) Yeah. And And then his bartender buddy, like, going to the Indian guy, asking for some herbs, doesn't tell him what kind of herbs, he just says, I need some herbs for my friend. Indian guy wraps it up, hands him the thing. Takes it back, and apparently the herbs were for dyeing his skin and I, hair? Yeah,
1: I, I, I didn't get that at all. He comes up, like, what kind of sickness? <laughs> like, what kind of illness? Eh, just will oh, t- I'll
0: tell you what kind of illness. He's depressed, and he's in the bottom of a bottle, and he's a giant prick. <laughs> 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 like, the his bartender buddy, who in the first scene warns him, like, Oh, hey, those other guys in my bar, if they find out who you are, they're gonna kill you. Uh, So don't say your fucking name, basically. Mm-hmm. Ringo ends up shooting them. Then he tells Ringo everything that's happened. Ringo just gets shit-faced drunk and depressed. And while his bartender friend is trying to help him, he's like knocking plates and bowls off of counters and throwing a fit and breaking shit just to be an asshole, oh, I guess. I remember
1: that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was so weird like he would go to reach for something instead of just like reaching around a stack of plates or whatever he would knock them all over
0: yeah he's just like uh fuck this shit (laughs) jesus fucking christ ringo the man is helping you out he's giving you a place to hide he's giving you free food and booze and like come the fuck on dude god damn Ringo's,
1: ringo's a douche at least in the beginning of the movie
0: and so the whole rest of the movie just revolves around this plot of we're showing how evil the evil guys are and Ringo is trying to get back in touch with his wife and get rid of the bad guys while getting his family back. I mean that that's the very basic plot about all of this. We have I think we have a lot of small things to cover Mm -hmm. (laughs) beyond that but i'm not going to get too deep into the plot i just want to talk about the things that i think are problematic (laughs) throughout the rest of this movie
1: yeah and i mean that that really sums up basically all of it Until the action until the action starts he's basically laying low pretending to be someone else for an hour (laughs) and then then he starts doing stuff
0: (laughs) yeah i i didn't write down time marks in this movie at all i did i I number my notes as i take them Mm -hmm. i have 60 in total to sum that up for good the bad and the ugly i took 37 (laughs) this movie is literally half as long as the good the bad and the ugly (laughs) but every time someone said something or did something i was like
1: fuck i got to remember that for later yeah. F- why the fuck is this happening <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that i wrote down like mainly imagery stuff that i'm like I'm gonna steal that gonna put it in my D or writing or something it was just some cool imagery like, it didn't always make sense but i loved it
0: and and i will say the directing and cinematography like the whoever the dp is for this movie I think they did a pretty damn good job. Like, there, there's a part... Where was it? Oh, so our main bad guy, uh, Fuentes... What's his first name? I just put old and young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Our main bad guy, Paco. Paco Fuentes. He's the one who's, like, taken Ringo's home and is engaged to Ringo's wife. Okay. The part where Paco and Ringo's wife Hallie are supposed to be getting married, and there's like coffins in the church. Ringo like comes up to the door, and he's like. But as after after he says that or as he's saying that, he like fades into this cloud of dust that just blows up around him as if he were a ghost just disappearing or something yeah, like it that. It was
1: very like implying he's returned from the dead and he's wearing his uniform. Like he put it back on just for show, I guess, if you're a fear factor, IDK, but he did it.
0: Yeah, I I get I think that's part of his like I'm finally gearing up to go to war against these guys. I think that's mm-hmm. what that's about is I've yeah. come home from war only to find another waiting for I me. I think
1: uh there this and many other moments there was just like ooh this looks cool. I like it. And you kind of just have to dis- like suspend your disbelief cuz it doesn't always make sense, but it looks cool. It sounds cool. So, and this was one of those moments. Yeah. yeah, when they opened the church I'm like, "Oh, I love a church shootout. Can't wait." And then the caskets were there. So, pretty cool. So, after now that I've gotten to mention
0: the movie looks very good. The I think the biggest problem with the look of the movie is that the entire thing takes place during what I call a hurricane, which is yeah. a, a hurricane of just hay blowing everywhere all the time for no reason that
1: was my uh i think my second note i wrote down (laughs) my first was very blonde plus a twitch because he because that was true the second note was like everything flaps the doors the windows like everything flaps a lot like it just keeps going yeah and then the third note is flower hobbit who washes his feet (laughs) okay well we'll get to uh (laughs) shit what's his name uh morning glory. morning glory yes we will
0: definitely get to morning glory but yeah i i don't know what the fuck all the fucking hay and straw blowing around was about because every time we're outside there's just shit flying across the screen and it was distracting and it made everything look stupid mm. but Beyond the photography, we have to talk about the music. I know you had to notice the music throughout this movie. I actually really liked the music, and it
1: sounded very familiar, but I didn't figure out why.
0: (laughs) So, once again, the guy who did the music for A Pistol for Ringo, The Return of Ringo, also did the music for A Fistful of Dollars, For a Few Dollars More, and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. This man has a fucking list of credits that is unreal. I'm trying to see if I can find his name real quick because he deserves to have his name said anytime he's
1: mentioned. Enio Morricone? Is that it? Yes. It, what, what is it? Enio? Yeah, I'll write it down. Enio <laughs> Morricone? Mor- Morricone?
0: Yes. Enio Morricone, like that. I believe, is or Morricone. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know fucking Italian. I'm sorry for murdering these names. However, Mordicone, fantastic music. Here's my problem with it, though. I think they could only afford to pay Mordicone to make, like... I think he only wrote, like, two songs, and then he took one of them and changed it several times, mm. and that was the only difference. <laughs> it's like, at the very beginning of the movie, we hear the Ringo theme, which is a full song with vocals and everything else and then throughout the movie we are treated to this same theme song generally as Ringo is doing something heroic or something good later on in the movie but we also get it at the church being played but with an organ and also much more somber sounding as if they changed it to a a minor chord instead of a major chord or something like that but it's the same fucking tune and then we also get it when Ringo is sneaking around his old estate and he finds a music box. He opens up the music box and it's playing a music box version of the fucking <laughs> of the main fucking song for this movie. And it's it's just so weird to me like how we we've got two songs but don't worry, this one of them will change it three
1: times. It'll be fine. <laughs> they were good songs, but man, did they milk them. I do like that um, this guy's music is so, like, iconic. You could open a film with just, bl- just black. You can't see anything, no visuals, and play one of these songs, and you're like, oh, this is a Western movie. You know immediately.
0: Yeah, I, he really had his, like, finger on the pulse of what music would make you visualize something or just even add more, more emotion to whatever it is we're trying to show on screen. He had he had a really good way of working with that, which is good because our our main actor wasn't going to carry this thing on his own shoulders. That's for fucking sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, who? Giuliano? Jima? Isn't his name? Oh, I thought his name was also Montgomery. <laughs> oh, but <that, yeah. laughs>
0: no. What else is there to talk about? I I will say, uh, the main henchman for Fuentes, whose name is... His name is also Fuentes, right? Esteban Fuentes, yes. Esteban was freaking awesome. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, I liked him a lot. I I thought he was the main guy for a while, actually.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, he had more of a presence than Paco, for sure. Like, Paco had a great villain face because he's got that, like, slicked back hair that almost looks like a helmet. Like, he could just kind of take it off and set it to the side somewhere (laughs) esteban on the other hand man he's got that big glorious mustache and the kind of long like weird bowl cut almost type of hair (laughs) he's freaking great he's just smoking and drinking throughout this whole thing and screwing the town whore (laughs) (laughs) who do you want to get to next who's it Who's a good character. Let's
1: see. So, I think some interesting stuff. I'll just run through it, not necessarily recorded. But, like, there was the bar fight with the flower in the gun, which I thought was cool looking. I don't know. It didn't make sense. It, it's um, a little
0: American 60s imagery, but in the American West, which is weird.
1: But also- It was, like, dramatic, but, like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was... It was a little odd. Uh, oh, I do want to say fucking Ringo is terrified of tarot cards. Jesus fucking Christ.
1: Yeah. <laughs> flips the table.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, so the the town whore who is uh, Rosita, she, she's always telling Ringo like, let me bring out the cards. I'll read your future. Da-da-da-da-da. And every time he's just like, bitch, stay away from me with that black fucking
1: magic. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah is he afraid like is the idea idea that he's afraid that she's going to figure out who he is like that i think I that's
0: the implication that we're supposed to yeah. get. but uh, uh, it just plays
1: uh, so weird. weird so another just to run through a couple of things we may or may not want to talk about uh during the dinner party fiesta esteban fuentes lights his cigarilla with the candle i just like that was cool um When they almost, or when they do catch Ringo, he pretends to steal? Like, these guys will kill you. Like, that isn't a good idea to get out of this. That's a plot point I want to bring
0: up. So, at at this point, he's pretending to be working with Morning Glory, who's a florist. Paco tells him, like,
1: Grazie, mio Zotis. Sono degli splendidi fiori. Sono contento che ti siano piaciuti, mia cara. E sono soddisfatto di te, mio Zotis. Bravo, hai fatto un ottimo lavoro. Tu e il tuo aiutante
0: hey you two stay for the fiesta and you know hang out at at my giant mansion which is technically Ringo's and so Ringo sneaks off upstairs uh to actually I, I don't know what his actual plan was but I guess it was to see his daughter that he didn't know about until recently little tiny Blonde girl with ringlets, you know, whatever.
1: Shirley Temple.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So, first big problem with this movie, and when I saw this in the movie, I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Which was, naked little girl ass. Klaus, what was that about? Tell me, because I I, don't
1: fucking know. I have no idea. (laughs) I thought maybe just so he could like tuck her in i don't i have no idea it wasn't necessary and 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 the way the way he reaches
0: to cover her up is even more awkward because he pauses like all right so he walks into the room little girl is dead fucking asleep uh face down on the bed and her dress has flipped up showing her entire naked ass thank god her legs were together because we would have seen a lot more of a little tiny girl that nobody wants to fucking see don't know why this was done. Anyway, he walks over, starts to reach to pull her dress down and cover her up,
1: pauses, and then does it. Which just makes it weirder. Yeah, and what's more weird, okay, he finally does tuck her in. Okay, fine. Good. Wife comes in, and she's like, uh, who's in here? And she's remarkably calm about it. <laughs> about some stranger in the dark standing over her child's friggin cradle
0: and, and i feel so bad for this actress especially after watching a pistol for ringo because in a pistol for ringo she is a full-fledged character and she's a good actress like she goes through so many different things and has to put up with so much bullshit in that first movie this movie she is reduced to being trophy wife number one of the town and she does Damsel in distress. nothing yeah yeah And so, this scene where she comes in, who the fuck's in here, and he finally steps out of the shadows, and she realizes who he is, what, we're treated to a dramatic talk of, like, running away together, but, like, there's no, like, oh my god, you're alive, let me make out with you, or a big passionate kiss or anything, like, None of that. It's just immediately to like fucking we have to talk about what's going on and then they get interrupted. Mm -hmm. It's just so fucking weird and I don't like it. And then as you said, like these guys, fucking Paco and uh, Esteban start looking for someone who they think might be sneaking around the house. And the first thing he does is grab the music box, stuff it in his shirt to make it look like he was stealing. You could have just been like... I don't know, act like you're drunk and you were looking for the bathroom and you got lost or something. I don't... Anything other than being like, yeah, yeah Paco, I'm trying to
1: steal from yeah. you. Yeah, because even if they thought, oh, you're just in here to steal, at least he could deny it and they might beat him up. Shoot, these guys, like like you said, like the first half of the movie or so are kind of setting up how bad the bad guys are. So you're like, all that's been set up and so when this happens, I'm expecting... Ringo what are you doing they're gonna kill you if you try to steal even if you like just say you're drunk trying to find the bathroom I would expect them based on how it's been set up to at least beat you up like I just don't understand the logic here
0: I was expecting them to fucking cripple this man just because like the only reason he wasn't killed earlier in the movie is because Rosita told Esteban, no, don't kill him. It'll be more embarrassing for him to walk away beat up. If it wasn't for Rosita, he would be dead. And this
1: time, there's no Rosita to step in. And what he's done isn't just like knock over a table and a glass of whiskey in somebody else's bar. There's, he's stealing from their place. But you know what? It's a holiday, though. Which holiday? I don't know, but it's a holiday, no, so we're just gonna stab you.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, we, we skipped over this because, once again, I'm trying not to get too deep into the plot, but they are celebrating the death of Captain Montgomery Brown, or Ringo. The Fuentes people paid off a Union soldier to bring a body and bury it and say that it was Ringo who died in the war. You know, that that was the whole thing. They were were celebrating the fact that Ringo was finally declared dead Mm -hmm. so Paco could marry his now widow. Okay. Yeah. So they're literally celebrating a man's death while his widow sits there and acts stoic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very weird. But yeah, so they catch him. They think he's stealing. And this is how Ringo's shooting hand gets injured because instead of lopping it off as Paco wants to... He instead decides to just stab him in the hand. Like, not even cut off a finger or anything. Just stab him in the hand. Okay, I guess that's enough. We killed people for looking at us funny earlier in the movie, but a thief? Eh, fuck it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it was very weak. Um, very weak.
0: What else? Is, all right, so we we do need to talk more about Morning Glory, the town florist. We <laughs> Because this this fucking character is one of the most annoying, yet one of the most likable in
1: the entire movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The flower hobbit. He is the best. <laughs> flower hobbit.
0: Uh, this, this fucking guy, like, as soon as he pops on the screen, he has a very high voice, like this. And he's always going on about something or someone, and he's talking to his flowers. And, uh... I don't know, he's abs- uh, extraordinarily annoying with that voice and how quickly he talks and how high-pitched it is, yet he's one of the few characters who are, like, explicitly good
1: and just trying to make his way in the world without dying. And he washes his feet over his flowers <laughs> in a weird, like, foothold device? Uh, what? <laughs> He sticks his feet through
0: holes in a door, and around that the side of the door where his feet are at are two pitchers of water tied to strings, and he's, like, leaning back, pulling strings left and right to make the water pour on his feet. I don't fucking get it. I don't know. This guy is so fucking weird.
1: Who even thought of that? Like, who, who who wrote that in the script and said, let's do this. Let's build this. Let's do that. But
0: also his house has, like, a fold-out bed that, like, folds out of the wall, like a very tiny New York apartment or something. Yeah. It, his house, for some reason, is just, like, a contraption. <laughs> and there's no there's no sense behind any of it. It doesn't pay off for anything. It doesn't set up anything. Who the fuck knows?
1: Yeah, it's very weird, but he's a great character. He helps Ringo. They do a secret meeting with his wife, and he ends up coming in to help in the end as well. Oh, yeah. I I mean, he
0: helps the most throughout the fucking movie, honestly. Like, he helps him set up how they're going to start attacking the Fuentes brothers and the gang all together. They set up how they're going to do that. He helps him set up dynamite throughout the house for the final final confrontation so that they have ways to get rid of strong outposts and stuff within the house. He's the most helpful character. He's the most likable character. And he's annoying as shit every time he's on scene. (laughs) I just don't understand
1: the choices here. But... About, I think I wrote down, it was like 45 minutes in, you know, he sees his daughter, whatever weirdness he tucks her in. Then he sees his wife. There's like a weird stare down. Like you said, he gets caught, only gets stabbed and gets out of there and is lucky, I guess. And then he sets up a secret meeting with his wife at this guy at Morning Glory's place. And then kind of the choice is laid out does he stay or he wants to just leave he just wants to take the wife and the kid and just go away and she says well what about the rest of the town and all these other people and so the choice is laid does he just take her and his daughter and run or does he stay and fight and then we see kind of some prep scenes of him getting ready to stay and fight basically
0: yeah uh, it does take some convincing but once again like during this clandestine meeting is when i was expecting the music swell large embrace big passionate kiss you know like haven't seen you in 10 years wife would be nice of for to have a little affection but no nothing like that instead they have arguments basically just filling each other in on plot (laughs) yeah i don't i don't know it's such weird choices to me throughout this entire
1: fucking movie, and I don't. Get and them. there's a flapping door, so she leaves in a huff, and then the door starts flapping again. So when that that hurricane
0: strikes again, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's just fucking wind whipping through this fucking place. So like I'm really curious if uh, I don't know if they filmed this in Spain or Italy, but I'm really curious if there was just
1: like really windy weather the entire time they were filming this so they couldn't help it <laughs> i don't know but is it is a constant thing throughout the entire movie <laughs> and then after that he finally decides to get his cards read
0: so yeah after he got his ass beat by esteban and rosita tells esteban not to kill him she's the one that nurses him back to health after getting his ass kicked Which is doubly weird because she's the one that got his ass kicked in the first place. She takes his gun, puts it in the nightstand or whatever, and is like, hey, look, your gun's over there. Take it whenever you want it, but he leaves it there. He comes back to her, says he wants his cards read, finally. She lays out the cards, and just as she's about to start telling him what his future is, he gets up, goes, and grabs his gun out of the nightstand.
1: Un momento, aspetta. Non ti ho ancora detto il futuro. Non importa. Lo
0: I'll put in the clip of her being like oh wait no it's all in Italian fucking sound clips won't matter oh no oh no <laughs>
1: oh, fuck <laughs> oh you should put him in there anyway yeah I'm going to now I'm going oh. to god damn it but she she says like you know something about hope or whatever and fear and then he, he goes and gets his gun, and she's like, don't you want to know your future? So, yeah, so she reads his card, says some stuff about hope and fear and all this, and then he gets up and, you know, digs around in her panty drawer or whatever and pulls out his gun, and she's like, don't you want to know your, your future? And he's like, I already know it. <laughs> <laughs> but I already know
0: my future. I'm Ringo. ha. <laughs> like Uh i I will say that like Mm -hmm. he's not playing the he's not playing the man with no name character by any means like instead of being a dark mysterious guy he's a very charismatic this is what i do kind of character the problem is Mm -hmm. you don't see it very much in the first half of the movie because he's depressed and drunk yeah
1: this is when he finally like okay this character is actually going to take charge. He's going to do something, finally, about all of this. And here's when I started to like Ringo a little bit more, because before he just was complacent and didn't really do anything. And once again, I totally recommend going and watching A Pistol for
0: Ringo, because the Ringo character in that movie is so much more fun, and he brightens up the screen, and he's smart. And that's also where he comes up with his fucking catchphrase that I hate in this movie, which is... Boy, this Oh, yeah, I'll explain it to you later. Yeah, Yeah. I'll explain it later, or I'll tell you later, or I'll explain it afterwards. He says it, like, 20 goddamn times in this movie. I'm probably gonna go back and count how many times it's in there, and then edit that in right here. I didn't count how many times he said the catchphrase because I'm not watching this entire movie again. Sorry!
1: and then his daughter says it too for good measure which that at the very end that was fine
0: that was comedic but by the way you were talking about the wife being uh stoic when running into ringo the first time and stuff uh talk about the daughter in the middle of a fucking crazy gunfight no reactions what's i I fucking hate child actors but i have a feeling this child actor was told to
1: act this way Mm -hmm. Yeah, guns, a Maxim gun, dynamite explosions. Yeah, let me just reload this for you. Oh my god, that was... Damn, this kid is from the streets. Like, don't mess with her. That was fucking insane. So, what we're talking about is
0: the last action set piece here, uh, which lasts quite a while, and most of it's pretty fucking good. I enjoyed it. But Ringo breaks into the second story of the house, takes out the two guys that are guarding his uh, young daughter, And then throws her up on his hip, and as he's walking out the room, she notices one of the bad guys waking up, and she just, like, "Mm -hmm," and taps him on the shoulder, and he turns around and shoots the guy dead. (laughs) Good job, little girl. You got that guy murdered. (laughs) Real good. Natural-born killer.
1: (laughs) It's... But after he gets his gun is when like the plan starts to come into motion that he never explains to anyone, but it just happens. So apparently he's thought about it. He like, he wants to set up Fuentes. um, Yeah. So he wants to set up Esteban to be arrested. So he gets morning glory to like, say he's cheating at cards and the sheriff is there, I guess because he told him to be, or just he just happened I, to be there. I think he was just there drinking,
0: because all the sheriff does up to this point is sit around and drink, because I'm a gringo, and around here, you're better off not carrying a gun if you're a gringo. That's a good way to end up dead.
1: You've lived long, and you don't carry a gun. My case is different. I'm not Mexican. I'm American.
0: So he just lets the Fuentes brothers do whatever the fuck they and want. And he uses his, like,
1: pulley system to continue drinking past when he can normally pick it up? I don't understand. <laughs>
0: I think the shaky hand thing, I don't know if it's withdrawals or nerves. I don't know what that's supposed to be about. But yeah, the sheriff's hand is just shaking all over the goddamn place like he had his parkinsons or some shit and he picks up a shot glass full of whiskey and to keep his hand steady and not throw the whiskey anywhere he also grabs onto his fucking scarf and with his other hand pulls
1: the scarf to get the shot glass to his mouth and so this drunk sheriff alcoholic sheriff is in there all depressed cuz he's helpless to do anything morning glory Says Esteban, you cheater! And then Ringo's like, "Hey sheriff, why don't you arrest this guy?" And sheriff's like, "Uh, I don't know about that." And then Ringo's like, oh cracks knuckles. I'm a badass, by the way." <laughs> and beats everybody up.
0: Not not just that. He's like. È <laughs> andata male, nonno.
1: Male è un accidente. Sei tu che hai barato. Cosa? Da un'ottima vista sei. Sei uno sporco baro. Ho sentito bene, nonno. Hai sentito benissimo. E se questi due non fossero dei pari e dei farabutti come te, potrebbero testimoniarmi. <ride> Perché non lo arrestate, sceriffo? Barare al gioco è contro la legge, persino in questa città. E siete voi che rappresentate la legge. Ma forse un reato del genere è poca cosa per uno sceriffo come voi. Vero, Carson? Ho capito. Volete che me ne occupi io. In nome della legge.
0: I'll be glad to help you, Sheriff. I can see that you are far too busy to arrest people for such petty crimes. I'll do it for you. (laughs) It's just like, okay. And then beats the shit out of these three guys who beat
1: his ass earlier in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, he just like turns it on out of nowhere. Beats him up. I do like how like, uh not charming but like he's a such a smart ass
0: (laughs) yeah no he's he's definitely like
1: he's definitely like a charismatic
0: kind of i don't know in a
1: fun way like
0: in in the first movie he is playing a straight up old west gunslinger and he's charismatic and people love to hate him or hate to love him kind of thing like that's the character he is in the first movie And it's kind of great. I liked him throughout the entire first movie. And he was that guy who was like, I never drink because if you drink, your aim could be off. Like, he was that kind of guy. And so in this movie, when he's drunk for the whole first half of the movie, I guess if you saw the first one, you understand, oh, he's getting his ass beat right now only because he's been drinking for fucking two or three weeks. You know, he's not himself. He's not in fighting shape or whatever. But now that he's sobered up and he's got a plan, now he can kick these guys' asses with a hand tied behind his back. But if you didn't Uh, see the first movie, none of that makes any sense.
1: (laughs) Then you bring up a good point with a hand tied behind his back, because literally that happens. (laughs) Like, he can't use his hand. He can't reload. He chokes a guy out in the last scene with one hand. Like, he climbs a rope with one hand. Like, he's doing all this one-handed. I just, I guess to make him a badass. (laughs) My favorite part is when he and his wife
0: have that clandestine meeting, he's like, what am I supposed to do about it? My shooting hand is injured. Cut almost immediately to a scene of him out in the desert, and he is shooting fruit off a tree with his left hand, which is not his gun hand, and then shooting a bucket which bounces over and catches the fruit that he just shot out of the tree before it touches the ground. I'm sorry, I thought your shooting hand was hurt. Because if that's not your shooting <laughs> hand, how good is your fucking shooting hand? What the fuck?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but he can't reload, and that's set up so that his daughter can help him later. <laughs> yeah,
0: he can't reload. Good thing every person you kill has a minimum of one gun that's already loaded for you. <laughs> right exactly. it matters yeah. <laughs> none whatsoever there's this entire scene of him shooting in the desert with morning glory and our native american friend it means nothing it does nothing it shows nothing other than the fact that mm-hmm. he's still a really good fucking shot with his left hand yeah
1: exactly but he so he gets uh esteban in the jail great the sheriff, you know, puts him in there. Sheriff's freaking out. He's like, they're going to come kill us. I'll, I'll explain it to you later. Um, everybody rides up, some bandits. He kills all of them and leaves their bodies. What, should we clean this up? I'll explain it to you later, part two. <laughs> yeah, electric Boogaloo.
0: Yeah. Oh, are we just going to leave these <laughs> bodies in the street? For now. I'll explain it later. Thanks, Ringo. Oh, God damn
1: it. <laughs> and then I think it starts moving to the church. And, yeah. Oh, when, the, when they show the church, I'm like, I love a good church shootout, stained glass windows or whatever, breaking bells. Like, oh, it's so cool. I love it. I love the feel of it. Doesn't quite happen, but the wedding. It starts. Yeah, this is when
0: uh, Paco and Hallie are walking in. They're supposed to be, they're about to get married. And as they walk into the church, there's what, three coffins just sitting up in the church? Two or three coffins? Um, that are that are closed Paco looks all confused at the priest and the priest is just like oh I'm sorry Paco it happened very suddenly and I couldn't get them out of here in time for your wedding blah 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 Paco's just like what the fuck ever we're doing this wedding right fucking now they start the wedding they go through the vows right before Hallie is supposed to say I do is when they get interrupted with Ringo doing his I'm back I'm back and fade into the ethereal nothingness of the dust clouds yeah. and
1: you see Paco just like in fear it's like such a I've returned from the dead moment I did want to bring up I because I thought it was weird I may be misremembering it but I thought he doesn't come in until after she says yes did she say yes I don't I think I thought that may not be the case, but I I thought she
0: did. I thought she stammered long enough to not say it.
1: But I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Yeah, there was a long hesitation. I thought she said yes, and then like literally five seconds later, Ringo burst the doors open. Uh, That may not be the case. I may be wrong. Francisco Fuentes, volete voi sposare la qui presente Ally Fitzgerald secondo il rito di santa romana chiesa? Sì. All Fitzgerald, volete voi sposare il qui presente, Francisco Fuentes, secondo il rito di Santa Romana Chiesa? Cara, Elizabeth ti sta aspettando.
0: Si. So I guess technically they're married.
1: And literally like five seconds later. <laughs> but that's why I thought it was so weird because she hesitated for so long. And then five seconds later, the doors open <laughs> and the music starts.
0: Yeah, that is weird. I'm
1: surprised she said it. That's I didn't remember her saying it. I, uh, it's it's weird. Like I don't know. I don't know. Like, does it represent anything? I don't know enough about movies. To like think about this this lady who's been for presumably years or for a long time in this kind of weird, messed up situation. I guess wondering if Ringo's gonna actually come back or not, I guess is what she's thinking. Well, I mean, well, that, that once again,
0: that's the entire problem with when they finally do get that clandestine meeting at Morning Glories. He basically says, okay, we can't just leave everyone here to die, but he doesn't tell her any kind of plan doesn't tell her mm-hmm. that he is going to try and save her. Like, uh, obviously the idea is that he's going to try and save her and his daughter, but he doesn't tell her anything else. She's just kind of left hanging in the wind and she has to hope that eventually one day Ringo decides to do something. Yeah.
1: it's just, yeah, it was just such a weird, cause all that is set up. And then there's just such a weird moment of like, you know, if you're the person writing the script or the director or whoever, you know, you come to a point where the choice is does Ringo burst in before she says anything? And it's dramatique. Or in this case she says yes and then two seconds later he opens the door. And I don't know if there's symbolism to that, but I just thought it was like noteworthy. And maybe
0: someone else can tell me better i i did read that this is supposed to be based on the odyssey i'm wondering if they had her say yes just to get that like final bit of betrayal in there i don't know i i haven't read any of the odyssey since fucking i don't know beginning of high school or middle school or some shit i mean i'm almost 30 so that was a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know Maybe, maybe i can call up my sister who is an actual literature major and she can tell me (laughs) more about it but yeah so we get that and it leads to the whole big like post-wedding shootout that is gonna kick off most of the violence for the rest of the movie so let's see we have the big shootout here in town which is kind of fun because you have all the older mostly white town people like coming together to finally stand up to this big gang that's been running the town for years, apparently. You have your Indian guy who's running around holding a bow and arrow. We never actually see him shoot it throughout this entire shootout. You know, they pretty much got all the Fuentes gang stuck in the middle of town just duking it out with them shooting from windows and all kinds of crazy shit very uh compared to the shootouts in the good the bad and the ugly i'll say this looks more like a wild west show you know like Mm -hmm. where you're just watching guys on top of roofs like oh i'm dead and then they fall onto a pad somewhere behind something
1: (laughs) yeah it's much more like action like michael bay transformers you know gringos jumping and shooting midair and crashing through windows and uh where the good the bad and the ugly like all the all the interesting and was in the tension and the build up to the shooting and not necessarily the shot itself
0: right and i think that's why uh our our man sergio despite being very dangerous to work with i think he's a much better director (laughs) because he (laughs) He understands tension and he understands the more you make him wait for it, the better it is when it finally happens. Whereas this, it's just kind of violence for violence sake. I think this movie would have been so much better if it had been made in the 70s. Like, if you make this movie 10 years later, you throw in some excessive gore and a little bit of tits. It's a great (laughs) 70s movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The shoot happens. Sometimes there's not even, like, smoke that comes off the jacket, like you'll see in other movies, uh, or wherever they got shot. But they just kind of get shot and fly over and yell, and then fall down. <laughs> like, no blood. Like
0: Which is funny, because early in the movie, there's blood, like, splattering the walls and stuff. Did you notice that? No. In, in the first scene, when Ringo turns and shoots those two banditos, because they figured out he was Ringo. He shoots one of them right between the eyes and you see blood hit the wall behind him. And there's just like a big blood stain back there and stuff. But then as the movie goes on and the uh, fighting scenes get bigger and bigger, there's no more blood. You just see smoke coming out of the gun and a lot, a lot of this weird yellow smoke popping up from the ground and stuff. Like, every time
1: something is shot, there's just yellow smoke coming out of it. (laughs) Yeah, and this is like kind of a callback, but when you started talking about the blood, I thought of it. In like one of the first scenes when he's, I guess, in that bartender's house who's taking care of him and he's drunk and he, like, sticks his hand in a pot of blood or, like, tea or corn syrup. I don't know what it is. And he pulls it out and has rings on it and he flips it That's off. That's the dye that he's going to use to color himself. <sighs> yeah, I, okay. I didn't get that
0: the first time I saw it. I, I got it on the second viewing. <laughs> but.
1: Okay, that makes sense now. But, yeah, they're fighting... They're fighting in the city, in the streets, and things are kind of going well, but there's a lot of them, and they're outnumbered. And then there's Rosita's side plot, which I believe you wanted to talk about. That she lets Esteban out. I liked Rosita. I thought she was an interesting character. Very interesting. She was like kind of good, but made bad decisions sometimes, and I don't know. She wasn't a black and white character.
0: Right. She's, she's very great, and she's a weird character for this movie, I think. As far as the Odyssey goes, she's supposed to partly be playing the part of the Oracle or whoever that is. She, she's the one with the sight. She's the future teller, blah blah blah, but Ringo makes his own destiny so he doesn't give a shit. And there's that whole thing wrapped up in it, but she's a whore that's been sleeping with Esteban every time they see each other in town. But she still makes him pay. But they clearly have a thing going on. Like, it's more than just a transaction with them two. Because he clearly really likes her. And as we find out in this scene, she obviously actually has a thing for him. Because she goes to the jail, lets him out while all the fighting's going on. And tries to convince him to run away with her and just leave all this bullshit behind. Meanwhile, Esteban's like, nope. There's that fucking sheriff. Pow! Right in the fucking, I don't know, chest or gut or something. Yeah,
1: torso. It it
0: looks like it's in the chest, and I'm like, oh, fuck, sheriff's fucking dead. But then he walks around for another fucking ten minutes (laughs) and kills, like, three or four (laughs) more
1: bandits before he finally falls down dead. It was, yeah, it was interesting, because he shot the sheriff, and then Rosita's like, okay, this guy's a bad guy now. I get it. I, I understand. And then I thought the sheriff's dead because he kind of gets shot and I don't think we like he's semi off camera when he gets shot. A few like scenes or minutes later, he comes back and starts helping before he dies. He kills a bunch of people before he dies as the banditos are running away back to the mansion. Before we move on with the
0: plot, now that you mentioned he's kind of off screen when he gets shot, that made me remember a few other shots in this movie. I applauded the director of photography earlier. I'm gonna retract some of that right now because I just now remembered several of my notes that I'm reading here. First off, when Ringo first introduces himself to Paco, he goes to the mansion and he's basically like, hey Fuentes, I'm looking for work. I don't want to work too hard, blah, blah, blah. Or actually, no. He goes to his family graveyard and he's crying over his recently killed family members who were killed by the Fuentes brothers. And a guy just comes up on a horse, lassos him, and then drags his ass up to the Fuentes brothers at the mansion. And that's when he's like, oh, hey, Fuentes, I'm here looking for work. You know, you didn't have to lasso and drag me. When that conversation starts, there's a shot and it's several frames of just a tree, but you hear Ringo talking. And I really wish we were doing this in a visual medium so I could show you. (laughs) show everybody this but it's just a shot of a tree you hear Ringo talking it cuts to Paco Paco answers him and then when it cuts back it's the same exact shot the tree is in the exact same spot in the background but now Ringo's in the center of the frame And he's still talking. Was that an editing mistake? Or did you just not get that shot? So you had to put in some blank space to get the dialogue in there. I don't know what the fuck you're doing there. Then you have the sheriff who is halfway off screen when he gets shot. So we're looking. The camera is behind the sheriff. And all you can see of the sheriff on the screen is his right ass cheek. And you see Esteban pull his gun and shoot him. And the sheriff just kind of falls across the screen. We don't know if he got shot in the head or the chest, stomach, who the fuck knows. We do see in just a minute or so that he was shot in the chest on the left side. (laughs) Which, uh, I don't know how you're getting up and walking around and talking and shit with all of that going on, but whatever. What else is there? There's there's at least one or two more shots in this movie where I was like, okay, who the fuck is working the camera
1: because this shit is awful? There was one that I thought about. I don't know if it's necessarily bad, but just like noteworthy. And it's during the final like raid on the mansion Mm -hmm. where you have the Native American guy and he's behind a tree and he's like oh looking and he sees a reflection of like a Bantito who's climbed a tree, I guess. And he looks at the water reflection, and that's how he spots him, and he shoots him. And the shot of him getting, of the bandito being hit with an arrow, it starts with the reflection in the water and then like pans up as the guy falls. I don't know. It's like an interesting idea. I don't know how well executed it was, but it was interesting. It was
0: executed very poorly because, A, (laughs) A, this is the only time we see the Native American fire his bow literally the only time he's been running around half this fucking movie carrying this bow and arrow and this is the first time we've seen him shoot it b you don't see the arrow hit the guy you just kind of see him loose the arrow cut to the reflection in the water fucking whip pan up to him in the tree and then the guy not doesn't just fall out of the tree he fucking jumps out of it to be sure that he falls into the water (laughs) <laughs> like, it, it, the stunts are not very good in this movie. Yeah. Oh, here's the other weird shot I was talking about. When Ringo is walking from the sheriff's office back to Rosita to get his gun back, there's a bunch of weird shots through windows as if everyone in town is looking out their windows watching Ringo walk through town to the bar. This And this is done in other Spaghetti Westerns. But it's usually done as your protagonist is walking down the main street about to have a shootout with the main bad guy, you know? Like, it's it's setting up a high noon showdown kind of thing. Whereas this, it's just him walking to the bar to go talk to Rosita. It's really weird, and it makes no fucking sense as to why it's here. <laughs> but we're <laughs> we're getting these POV shots through windows, and through stained glass windows, and... From up high, it's really fucking stupid POV cam for no reason whatsoever. Were there any
1: other shots he noticed?
0: Um, There must have been, because my Note 45 is, seriously, comma, hang this director of photography. So... <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and that, oh, that was right after Esteban killed the sheriff. So, yeah, it was probably that. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> i did really like because it was just such a ridiculous idea the pot dynamite
0: yeah so earlier in the movie they got some dynamite from the sheriff i think and put it in flower pots uh morning glory and ringo go to the mansion and they're like hey paco we have some free flowers for you it's as a gift uh and morning glory's like here we'll put We'll put some by the door here, and then we'll put the rest inside. Blah, 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 blah. And so they're just planting these potted plants full of dynamite all over the house so that when they storm it later, Ringo and everyone else can just shoot a flower pot and big explosion of yellow dust. (laughs) Oh my! Uh, Which, you know, it, it did make, once again, the last action sequence most of it's really fun even if some of it doesn't make any sense whatsoever Mm -hmm. yeah the biggest part of that i wanted to talk about a was the little girl being unfazed by all of this killing and shooting and shit that's going on around her b ringo her being like let me help you papa And Ringo's just like, yeah, little girl who doesn't know who I am or what I'm doing or what's going on, you load a gun by yourself. And she's just like, she's not even loading it. She just looks like she's playing with a loaded weapon and, like, (laughs) looking down the barrel and flipping it around. Like, one of the most dangerous things I've ever seen on the set
1: of a movie ever. (laughs) He doesn't even, like stand over her he like goes and plays with his toy sword or <laughs> yeah he like he's like <laughs> looking
0: around the attic at all his family possessions that were just stowed there by the fuentes brothers <laughs> and then
1: and, something weird happens Go ahead.
0: well and then she's just like "Ooh, papa a big gun and it's like yeah it's a shotgun like yeah big gun sure <laughs>
1: <laughs> you what were you wanting to talk about well after she loads the gun and all that he um, takes the sword and begins to... I thought he was just going to leave the gun. and He ended up didn't, so thank God, because that would have been dumb. But he starts hammering on the attic ladder, which you know is going to draw attention. And if I was everyone else, I would just shoot into the attic. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and I will say this for Esteban.
0: Esteban <laughs> started to go up the stairs, and then he's like, Nah, um, hey, nameless henchmen four and five, you guys go up there. <laughs> And as they start walking up the stairs, the stairs break and they all bust their ass, which is funny. It is hilarious. What kills me even more is, so the way this is set up, like you said, Ringo with the sword hacking at part of the stairs, drawing attention to where they are, which is fine because that's what he wanted to happen. But then, when they're going up the stairs, for whatever reason, they do a close-up shot of the area where he was hacking at the stairs with the sword, and the stairs don't break from the top, where he was hacking at them with, they break from the bottom, where clearly the special effects and stunt guys had sawed the stairs at to break <laughs> when there was too much weight on them. So, it, it, uh, it's not done correctly. <laughs> like like if your character does this whole setup thing it should probably work Mm. from the work that he did not from work that was done off screen and it's very obvious when you put a camera directly at it you know like hide your special effects just a little bit
1: please yeah it's kind of like a fun thing but like this effects to get there were weird and then the other thing that was weird about that scene is then it showed, it, like, snap cut to Ringo up there who's, like, chuckling. Ha ha ha, I got you again. And it's like, Ringo, they have guns. Like, they could just shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking, Ringo? <laughs> but they don't shoot him because he, like, jumps on the roof again or something. Well,
0: because he's the hero and he can't be shot. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Another part during this whole action sequence is... Uh, It's before they get to the attic, actually, but Ringo and his daughter, well, he takes his daughter and puts her in a corner, and he's like, here, play with this while I take care of them. That's safe. Because, don't worry, all walls and tables and chairs stop bullets. So, it's fine. And he, like, goes into a room. This house is set up like a fucking labyrinth for whatever fucking reason. He goes into a room, and Esteban and his group of men are looking for him, and Esteban's like, okay, we got him cornered. I'm gonna, me and some guys are gonna go in this door. Other guys go into the other door. They go into the same room. They know that they're going into the same room from different doors. And yet Esteban peeks around the corner and he sees the other door opening, which he knows his men are coming through. And he ducks back behind the corner as if he thought that was Ringo. And then his man does the exact same thing from the other side. And then they both poke their heads through and they're like, oh, it's just you. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, you knew what you were doing. You knew where the people <laughs> w- Why are you afraid right now? There's no reason to be afraid. I love
1: to, in almost like Looney Tunes, like cartoon fashion, like a lot of these things are like that. Like they don't actually make sense, but they're kind of stupidly funny. They open, I think it was this door, but they but like you said every uh this mansion is like a labyrinth every room seems to has have two doors in and two doors at out least, every at least at least like some at of some two of them have, have, have like three or place. four <laughs> but yeah it's weird but they open the door to one of them and then there's this dude standing there this dead guy that's just like standing straight up and then falls over. yeah
0: he's standing there like a mannequin waits for the door to open and then falls forward like there was nothing holding him up he was just standing there yeah. and when they're in this room that they came in from two different doors ringo sneaks up behind one of them and i think stabs him or something i can't remember what he does maybe he just hits him something like that and the guy Freaks out, fires his gun, and Esteban and all his men turn and shoot their own man because they're all scared. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> oh god, it the, there's just so much that doesn't make sense,
1: and it's fucking
0: there's, outrageous.
1: Yeah, and so the last couple scenes are like these fights continuing. The fight outside is like basically a bunch of people, but they're versus a Maxim gun, basically a machine yeah, a, gun type thing. A big thing.
0: butterfly Gatlin gun. Is what yeah. what we're shown, at, which uh, they eventually get rid of by shooting one of the flower pots, I believe. and that, how they take it out? Yeah, I think yeah.
1: so. I think that's how they do it. Yeah, and there's several like times where the flower pots explode and like yellow dust, <laughs> yellow dust, <laughs> yellow everywhere. dust everywhere. <laughs> and then we get to, the, and this is the part. Um, I'll see. I asked you a question earlier, and we'll see if you thought about it. Um, the showdown between Ringo and Paco. Mm -hmm. Paco walks out and has his hands up and Ringo, instead of just shooting him, hesitates a knife flies and they go into like a fistfight brawl I,
0: i forgot to mention this all right this is one thing that was set up early on in the movie and i actually liked it a lot um when ringo is just getting into town and paco had recently killed a guy that had three brothers and the three brothers are walking through the town for the funeral procession when they see paco walking into the bar that they're going to settle this the old-fashioned way and pull out their guns and they're going to kill Paco. Paco's like, I have no pistol. Would you kill an unarmed man? And they kind of hesitate. And that's when Paco pulls out the diehard knife, <laughs> which is what I'm calling it. The diehard knife, which is somehow affixed to his back, <laughs> right in the middle of his back, has his hands up, pulls the knife out, throws it in the chest of a guy. Esteban throws him a pistol. He finishes off the other two. So Die Hard Knife was set up early on in the movie, and that's when we're treated to it again here in the final confrontation. Paco just, like, walks out of a bedroom as if he was taking a nap, and it's just like, What is all this shooting and explosions going on in my house? I don't know what's going on at all, because I'm an oblivious idiot. And (laughs) fucking Ringo hesitates, has his gun pointed at him, and once again, Paco pulls the diehard knife out, throws it at him. Ringo catches it with the stock, with the butt of the fucking rifle. Which is silly, but like
1: kind of funny, cool. Like cool for an action An yeah, action movie. Yeah,
0: I, I like that part. I think it works very well. But it does lead into this final fight. And this this is a fucking drag out, we're kicking each other's asses as hard as we can go kind of movie fight. And I love it. It goes on. Just long enough, I think. Like, it it doesn't drag. Like, I mean, if you think about, you know, like, Star Wars prequels where you have, like, I don't know, 25-minute fucking fights that no one cares mm-hmm. by the end of it because it's just been going on forever. And then you also have, like I mentioned in Good, the Bad, and the Ugly where fucking, uh, what's his name, the Ugly kills his captor that beat the shit out of him in, like, 10 seconds. And it wasn't much of a fight yeah. at all.
1: It's in between. Yeah.
0: This is... This is about the perfect amount of your main good guy facing your main bad guy, just beating the hell out of each other. I liked the
1: the scene a lot, too, um, because they're fighting and it's an all out brawl. Like, they're breaking shit, they're fighting. And I love that they show them both getting, like, winded. Like, I love when they show that in fights where, like, they're both exhausted. Like, they've been fighting this whole time and now they're fighting each other and, like, it's exhausting. (laughs) I will probably bring up this
0: one fight scene many many times as we go on through this podcast uh because it's one of my favorite things in existence not this movie but uh, in the show Deadwood that was on HBO for like two seasons or three seasons or whatever there's an episode where like one gang leader's top henchman decides to fight the top henchman of the other gang leaders and it's these two really big heavy guys And they are just all out fighting each other in the street. And it goes on for like five, five and a half minutes. And as the fight goes on, it doesn't take long, but both of them are just winded and huffing and puffing. And like they're rolling around in the mud and they're worn the fuck out. And every punch just seems like it gets slower and slower and harder to throw. And I love those kinds of fights because it shows that these characters are human. They are not actors who are trained and choreographed to fucking do exactly this punch at exactly this time they are people who are trying to fucking kill each other because if they don't they will be Mm -hmm. killed and that's that's Mm -hmm. what this fight kind of reminds me of it's a great wonderful final battle until ringo gets a hold of a pistol (laughs) or actually not even a pistol
1: the rifle again he gets the rifle back that's right yeah he gets the rifle back paco grabs goes for the gun ringo gets his first and every time Paco tries to shoot, Ringo shoots him. And this is, when I asked you that question earlier, this is what I was yeah, I, to. Yeah, I, right as here.
0: soon as you brought it up right here, I figured out what you were talking about. Because it's a, it's a death of a thousand cuts. <laughs> like, fucking Paco pulls up his gun. Ringo shoots him in his gun arm. Paco stumbles, falls down for a bit. He goes to shoot again. He shoots him in his other arm. He's <laughs> like, just he's just picking him off limb for limb, not
1: not killing him, just fucking torturing him. And that's what reminded me so much of the Princess Diaries, which came out what twenty years after. Ah, uh, yes, list? the Princess Diaries starring
0: uh, Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Wait. The Princess Diaries, starring Anne Hathaway, as a teenager who finds out she's a princess. (laughs) Uh, You you wait, did I say Princess Diaries?
1: Oh no, I I know you
0: meant The Princess Bride.
1: (laughs) I did, Robin Wright. Yes, it was Robin. (laughs) Damn it!
0: No, uh, the. You're talking about the end of uh, The Princess Bride where Cary Elwes is stabbing uh, Lord Humperdinck in the arms and threatens to lop off his ears and his eyes, or no, threatens to lop off his nose, his eyes, his tongue, uh, but leaves him his ears and whatnot, yeah. Exactly, and just like keep stabbing him like multiple times. Yeah, just stabbing him in the arms and legs so he can't fight back, yeah it was and i i'm almost curious if the princess bride stabbing in the arms and legs like that is kind of reminiscent of this movie specifically or if that's tied back to something else that i don't even know about mm. at the moment so i i, I like that i thought it was really interesting
1: um uh, how did he actually die
0: just, uh <laughs> he burst open the front doors of the mansion where all the fighting is going on with all the other characters bursts open the front doors his shirt is suddenly open all the way and untucked and ringo shoots him in the fucking back as he's running away and he falls on the ground dead it's like there's our hero ladies and gentlemen there's our hero shooting motherfuckers in the back as they run away
1: (laughs) and it's like very shortly after that where it's like they win all the bad guys are gone all the like damsels in distresses that they've been portrayed this entire movie are just like they've been in the woods the whole time no weapon just like bullets flying fucking rosita
0: rides off on a donkey with uh ringo's fucking union soldier hat fucking bitch stealing his hat
1: (laughs) i love it i love it and then the daughter gets in her little line of like i'll explain it to you." (laughs) yeah what is what does the mom say here the mom's like uh (laughs) (laughs) They're so chill about it. The music plays up. The Ringo, you know, theme song uh-huh. plays up, and she's probably like, you know, did you have a good day today, honey? or something
0: i will say this uh after ringo shoots the guy this is finally when the music swells his wife hallie runs in embraces him and we finally get that big passionate kiss that we've been waiting for this entire fucking time i saw a review like saying that that specific reviewer still loves it even though it's cheesy and expected and everything else doesn't work the same way for me. Like, I know what we're getting out of this genre and everything, but even this was just a little too cheesy for me to
1: be on yeah, board it with. Yeah, it was a funny, like, banter into the sunset thing, and then it just ends <laughs> thin. Oh, yeah, that's what it is.
0: The uh, When Ringo leaves his daughter in the attic, she, like, sees a dress in a box, and he's like, yeah, play with that. I'll be back soon. And at the end, the mom's like, where did you find that dress? I'll explain later, mama. I'll explain later. End the fucking movie. Like, this movie could not end fast enough for the editor. The editor was like, okay, Paco's dead, wife comes up, final embrace, uh, one last line from the kid, and
1: cut to black. We're done. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) So we've gotten through the plot of The Return of Ringo, we see the cut to black. Finn, What do you think about its relation to the subgenre? Uh, so,
0: at the end of our last episode, I said for Civil War spaghetti westerns, we would see a lot of the same, just less. And I think that's exactly what we got. We got a lot of the same stuff, just not done as well. I don't know. There's There's not as much tension in this movie. It's much more of a of an action movie it it's rapidly moving it just keeps fucking going and it's throwing plot at you left and fucking right if this was a dodgeball game you would get hit with plot way too often there's there's no dip duck diving and dodging going on here i don't know it's it's different because whereas good the bad and the ugly plays out more as a uh, as a drama With action in it, this definitely plays out more like a classic action film with some exploitation thrown in. And like I said earlier, if this movie had been made 10 years later when exploitation movies were... Really, at their height, I think it could have been a lot more fun and just a great B-movie. But instead, it's kind of left in this weird spaghetti western hell. I honestly think back in the 60s, this would have been one of the movies that critics looked at and said, this is why Italians shouldn't make uh, American western movies. Because it's just kind of a lot of shit thrown at the wall to see what sticks.
1: How about you? you know, what what did
0: you think about it watching it?
1: Uh I yeah, I basically agree. Like it felt like a kind of a fun action movie um that couldn't really and we just watched the good the bad and the ugly and it's hard to compete against that you know one of the best in the genre versus one that's not the best yeah we
0: fucked up watching
1: (laughs) watching that one first i think which we admitted but it's hard to overcome yeah the bar is set so high at that point but it was it was pretty fun there was some cool imagery i i liked even if it wasn't even if it didn't always make sense or was supported i thought it was really interesting the connection to the odyssey i think is kind of interesting i didn't really catch it until you mentioned it like and i'm looking i might look into that a bit more to see what it is but i thought it was fun if not the best movie what do you think what would you give it out of 10
0: as far as final recommendations go i do recommend this movie grab a few friends grab a few beers maybe if you uh Prefer to partake in some other things that are green and uh, you smoke instead of drink. Maybe have some of that with you and give it a watch. Do not be like me. Do not sit down at 8.30 after working a 10-hour day and then decide to watch it by yourself because it's not nearly as fun that way. Watch it with some friends. Have a good time. I think you'll have a blast. Overall, though, out of 10, uh, probably gonna have to go like 6.5. I'm just not... Not a huge fan of this movie. Uh, I don't know. I can I can see where some people like it, and I understand why, but personally, just not feeling it. Go watch uh, A Pistol for Ringo. It's much better.
1: How about you? Any final closing notes? Yeah, I, I agree with you. This would be a fun movie to watch with some beers. Um, I think it doesn't come near to something like Good, Bad, and the Ugly in drama or uh, sim- cinematography or anything like that. But there's some funny moments that if you were having a few beers would be really hilarious through this movie. So I'd give it a watch with some after at least two beers. two beer <laughs> to, to drink minimum, just like
0: my improv shows. I don't actually do improv oh well so now that we're done with that i did want to go back and cover a few things that i mentioned in episode one and have now done a tiny bit more research on if anyone in italy does ever listen to this podcast they will probably flame the fuck out of me for that episode one yeah let's go back and just talk a little bit about italy at the end of world war Two. i honestly didn't know shit about it going into any of this And it's pretty fucking interesting. In World War II, when after the Allies had basically taken over the northern parts of Africa, they decided A, they were going to do the big attack on Normandy, which we all know about on D-Day. But they also decided they were gonna commit some forces to the south of Italy, uh, specifically the island of Sicily, and go into Italy that way. So, when the Allies came in and took over Sicily, suddenly, Italians were like, okay, fuck this whole war thing. Like, and by the Italians, I mean the population in general. They were like, look, it was all fun and games when you boys were off killing people elsewhere, but now that it's inside of our borders, we're not such big fans. So, the fascist regime actually held a council, uh, I didn't realize it, but at the time, Italy still had a king, and they basically said to the king, hey, do what you gotta do, get Mussolini out of power. And so the king straight up said, Mussolini's gone, I'm replacing him with a different prime minister, which was an older gentleman who served in World War One." They did that, replaced him. I think I said this in the first episode, but just to recover it, the Nazis came down from the north, rescued Muss- Mussolini from prison, and set him up as the leader of a puppet state, up in northern Italy uh, called the Italian Social Republic and basically the Nazis were like okay if the uh," well the Italians decided look Nazis we're still with you but we can't commit forces right now but then at the same time they were talking to the allies and they were like hey allies we're not gonna shoot at you don't shoot at us kind of thing and so that finally that was an armistice was declared between the allies and Italy and shortly after that was made public Italy straight up said, we're joining the Allies and we're going to fight back the Nazis because at, by this time, the Nazis had come down and because the Italian forces had no leadership and they didn't know what to do, the Nazis just attacked the Italian armies and started taking their bases. And the Nazis decided, hey, if you're not going to really help us, we're just going to take all of Italy too. They even set up a freaking concentration camp inside the borders of Italy, which I had never heard about. And I mean, we're talking about thousands of Jews being rounded up at think it was something like 8,000 Jews were rounded up and sent to camps in northern Italy alone, and only a few hundred came back alive. Uh, several thousand more in, uh the more middle part of Italy were sent off to a camp in fucking Australia and only a couple hundred came back alive. I mean, like, yeah, there's a whole lot of shit that I did not even have an idea of what happened over in Italy. Never heard hardly any of this being taught about World War II in school or anything like that. Uh, And all the while, Italy never really got their leadership and forces back together under any kind of strong command uh, during all of this. It was basically the Allies running things through the Italians while the Nazis were trying to fight their way down to keep the Allies out. And you ended up with a lot of, like, kind of solo groups of Italians all fighting back against the Germans. Just basically just Italian citizens or ex-Italian military fighting back against the Germans on their own because they were tired of all their bullshit. And it's it's pretty insane stories. And I, I kind of understand a little bit better now why the Italians have the imagery and the storylines that they do in their spaghetti westerns
1: yeah that'll be interesting knowing that to like go back and watch the good the bad and the ugly again yeah i don't know how much
0: of that you knew about no i i didn't know And most of this information was pulled from uh, Britannica.com, the people who make encyclopedias. So I'm taking that, I'm kind of taking their word at it on it for that, uh, because they're generally a good source. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, romanticizing to be done about it, so it was pretty much just fact-based. But yeah, I I just wanted to mention some of that so we have a little more more perspective on what, what it is we're watching and kind of the ideas that are going through the minds of these filmmakers. So yeah. Let's go ahead and say, for the end of the episode, uh, next week we are watching Django 1966. Uh, as of right now, it is on voodoo Vudu, V-U-D-U, free with ads. You can rent it on, I'm sure, several platforms. So that's the one we'll be checking out and talking about next week if you want to watch that and join it. Join us for that one, I've heard good things about the Django series, although very similar to Ringo. There's a ton of movies with that character, all made by very different filmmakers and different actors playing the main character. so we'll see how we'll see how the original Django holds up. yeah, I've seen Django the
1: modern or the newer
0: one so it'll be interesting Yeah to see Django Unchained is a fantastic film so I'm hoping Tarantino chose Django because the original was good uh, but we'll we'll see <laughs> So that was The Return of Ringo 1965 and we will be back next week with Django 1966 until then I am Jake and I'm Klaus and this has been real specific